Hello and welcome to FGC Philosophy. I'm the philosopher and I am joined by Mega Max Star here. And today's topic is going to be the FGC and why it is not dead. Uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. We have some other topics to talk about beforehand. A couple of updates, of course. If you're in the local area, I know it's been like up and down, so I try to use this podcast to update you guys on the FGC stuff. I believe as of Monday, bars are open again. So that means the KZOO FGC is doing their locals again because for one week it was kind of closed, but now the governor has opened it back up. So if you are wanting to join our locals, you can always go to Discord or go to our Facebook to get updates. Discord is the fastest way. We're most active on there, but you can use Facebook as well. Links will be in the description or the show notes, depending on where you are watching this. We didn't really do any anything last week. We sort of took a, a, a break off, and so to speak, and it was actually nice and relaxing. I didn't get to see you last week, so I guess what's new mm-hmm. with you? Um, nothing crazy. You know, actually, recently I bought PS Now just to like just for a month to try that stuff out. It was something interesting. Um, I think people that aren't uh that want to get into gaming or something like that game streaming is honestly probably the next step forward which is a super cool thing to do honestly but you need to have decent internet without it it kind of is bad because you don't even need an xbox or a playstation like i don't need to have an actual playstation if i just want to use playstation now for the playstation now you can just have your p your you just have your pc you can even connect your DualShock 4 controller, or your, yeah, your controller to yep. your PC. Yep, uh, so, I like, did try that out like yesterday after you told me about it. And it, all of the data is saved on the cloud. So you don't even need to download the games, man. Technology. That's nuts. That That's is nuts. nuts. <laughs> I, I don't know how to wrap my head around that, but I guess if you, it's like, I think it's like 15 bucks a month or something like that. Uh, you basically get Netflix PS4 and you can just hook up your PS4 controller if you have one or, or mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I didn't try mouse and keyboard, so I don't know how all the controls work just um, yet. I know you can, but I know it's not recommended, <laughs> which I mean, mm-hmm. it makes sense. I don't think their games are meant for mouse and keyboard. I think only some games can do it. Mm-hmm. So if they, if you play a game that's from the PS3 era or something, more than likely you won't be able to play it. It's only games that are actually compatible maybe with mouse and keyboard, but I really haven't tested that. So I have no idea. Okay. A side note, you challenged me to the 25 day push up challenge. I believe that's what mm. it was. I've been doing a social media detox, so to speak. I get on there mainly to check for news or like if I'm writing a, a story or, or something like that for, for a podcast. I'll, I'll look on there. But outside of that, I haven't really been getting onto Facebook or, or Instagram or Twitter too much. And so as such, you've been doing really good about that, too. I'm trying. I'm trying. It's it's, it's clear my mind. I don't want to see other people's thoughts. Um, but <laughs> I, I last night I started I kind of basically started over. Right. And so I'm just going to mm-hmm. record every day and then uh, try to make it into a YouTube video later on. So that's kind of like my personal non fighting game pet project that I want to put on my YouTube channel is just take every day. Uh, from yesterday onward, record myself doing 25 push-ups and then just kind of smash it all together. It shouldn't be too hard. I'll probably either like time-lapse it or cut it together and put some music on it and maybe mm. give some commentary depending on what I visualize towards the tail end of this project. But that's that's com- something I, I just thought about last night. You know, my goal is to just do the 25 days and put it up on the 26th day and just have it done. Um, I'm trying to make content more effectively and I think this is a good uh, a good a good challenge for me to do. It's one of those challenges that are, it's heartfelt. It really is. It's something that like everybody can get something out of and it means something. It's not some kind of ice bucket shit. It's actually like, hey, we're here to improve ourselves. We're here to, you know, make ourselves feel better, make ourselves happier. Yeah, healthier, happier. Improving that. So mm-hmm. I th- it's a cool little thing. I, 
I respect you for rec- wanting to record and do the uh, and like put it all together in a collage and make something out of it. That's very, very respectable. I was just like, I'm gonna do the first one and I don't want to post as- anymore just because like it's not that's a lot of work. Thing. Yeah, it's, it is a lot of work. But like I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and stick to it as much as I can. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I, I and I do a lot of workouts just from work alone. You know, so mm-hmm. my my legs are nice and worked out. My upper body, however, not as much. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I've been doing a, a morning routine, or I have a couple of different exercises depending. Like I have, a, if I didn't do anything workout, I do something before I go to bed. Um, I have mm-hmm. something very early in the morning, depending on if I'm watching my son or not. So if he's at daycare, I can I can do like an hour long workout where I do warm up. It's like Tai Chi and like a few others like uh, body warm up things. And then I also do some body weight exercises like no, no, no weights. So push ups, squats, um, leg lifts, dips if I can do them. Sometimes I like I have a video I just follow. Essentially, I just follow the video. It's someone that um, I've been following their like fitness videos for a while. And then from there, I do like stretches and meditation. And that's like at least once or twice a week. I do like an hour long workout. Otherwise, I try to get like a minimum of 10 minutes and that's been working out. But 10 put 20 five push-ups consecutively is pretty hard uh, because I usually do about five to ten then I do a a set of like squats and some other stuff and then I go back to it so yeah I I, I struggled last night it was a it was a struggle to do all of those the first time I did it I felt that stuff for a bit and I realized how out of shape I was (laughs) (laughs) right yeah Yeah. I was like man this is rough (laughs) I'm not what I was in high school (laughs) yeah I had to take a couple of breaks I'm like whatever whatever this turns out to be I had to get to the point where I was like using my knees for support because I was like, dude, this is... Oh, yeah. I can't believe I'm struggling, but this is tough. <laughs> Modified push-ups. I do those sometimes, too, if I'm just not feeling it that night. Um, I'm, I've gone past, like, sweating the progress and the gains. It's just like, I just want the habit. I just want to work out regularly. And then mm. as I get that habit down, then I can start increasing the difficulty. That and fighting games, actually. It's one of the things on my list tonight is to do some match analysis at some point. I got to do at least a half an hour. Some mental workout. Yeah, it's, it's one of the hardest things is to watch matches for me. And um, I don't it, spend a lot of time with fighting games, so I'm trying to maintain small practice. It's tough to watch stuff and actually like gain information off of that, too. Like a lot of times you, you have to be. watch it like multiple times or yep. you have to watch a lot of different clips to to just try and see what you're getting, what you can understand out of it. Yeah. I don't remember how long it took me to actually because like I just consumed so much like media in terms of tournament footage when it came to watching like Dragon Ball stuff just so I could like learn, learn, learn what's going on here. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at now is like I'm forgetting stuff. So for people who don't play a lot of shooters um, or, or they're getting into PC shooters, I think Valorant is a um, it's an interesting one to get into. I'm not going to say it's the best or the worst. I just think it's it, it feels very different. If you've never played CSGO, um, it's very similar to CSGO. I, I didn't really play a lot of it, but I watched a good bit of it. And it definitely feels like like CSGO from the little bit that I played. But like in terms of how the strategy is, it's it's I, I think it's worth delving into if you're very fascinated by shooters but it, haven't like taken that dive. Is CSGO considered a tactical shooter? I think I, I'm trying the term to is simulation words. shooter, I think is okay. a term. I got to look I, it up. I prefer that way of gameplay way more because I don't stuff like Apex or um, even like Fortnite. Those games are mm-hmm. like Twitch Twitch shooters, which are like you know those are like high paced, you know arcade shooters, super fast. Like yeah, you have to like aim faster than anything else. I really I'm all about like the tactical kind of mindset of it, where it's mm-hmm. it's a lot slower, but it still has its fast moments. Yes, but yep, yeah. 
it, I, I prefer that a lot more. <laughs> way more uh, mechanical or, or logical, I guess, is like mm -hmm. there's a strategy. It almost feels like um, chess with first person shooters because you have a strategy, you have multiple pieces, you play it out. Uh, sometimes you might not execute it properly, but like you have some sort of plan that you adhere to almost like like the movement. When you move, there's like an optimal way of doing it. Like you want to peek around the corner. It's just really fascinating yeah. how like the crosshair placement is like there's a, there's a science to it. Like it's way less ambiguous. If you if you look at what the skills are, it's really easy to learn them. Whereas like Apex, it's like, what the heck am I supposed well, to be practicing to get better? What am I better? supposed to be doing here? Yeah, yeah. You, you see people just pop off and do some insane 180 shots and yeah. some super crazy shit. Where it's like, mm -hmm. I, I didn't even see that guy there. I don't know where he, yeah, but. It, with Valorant, if you play it and then you watch like a pro player play it from their point of view, you can learn immediately like what they're doing mm -hmm. and how they're actually like winning and improving. It's like, oh, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. Well, <laughs> you know what? Uh, speaking of crazy, one of the other side topics that I wanted to talk about is. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Uh, I really wanted to at least partly discuss the topic of The Last of Us. Now, I, I don't plan on doing any spoilers, so don't don't click off just yet. Uh, but I did want to talk about one of the situations that's happening with people who play the game harassing and sending death threats to the voice actress and to the creator of the game and, and just uh, my whole thought process. So a tiny bit of backstory is some people aren't happy with certain aspects of the storyline. Um, there's, there's a couple of different, different ones, um, but it's not really important to what I want to talk about, which is just people gamers not being able to behave themselves not being able to have self-restraint or being trolls in like knowing what they're doing uh so before i get too much into my thoughts max why don't you share like what you think about this whole situation um i think people are trying to take matters into their hands too much when you we we, we definitely touched bases on this earlier but when you can't tell the difference between a voice actor and an actual in-game character, like there's a problem. You know, you need to seek help in that sense because there are people, there are people out there that you know they do the voice acting and that's a part of their job. They don't make the characters, they don't make the decisions. They're there to show up, do their job, and move on. And it's not saying that they don't care about their job. It's saying that you know there isn't anything more to the character than what the voice actor wants it to be and it's all in the game designers if you don't like the game you know show that to the game designers not to the person who voices a character you see it time and time again with all very popular unlikable characters in shows mm -hmm. and honestly i i'm just impressed a lot of times because people actually uh, portray voice actor or portray characters so well that people mm. actually start to dislike their actual person. <laughs> like, that's there. impressive. Joffrey. <laughs> that's <le> yeah, <laughs> Joffrey. Like that's impressive. That's legitimately impressive. But at mm -hmm. the same time, it sucks because these people don't deserve this hate. In fact, they should be you know like raised to a higher standpoint. They're so good mm -hmm. that you believe that they're still their character. You know, that's yeah. crazy. I mean, that is good in some ways because it. A good story should take you out of reality for a little bit, uh, but I think most sane people know that you you are giving away your your sense of reality while in this story. But once that story is over, or you stop it, or you pause it, you're back in reality. 
and and then I, I think that's that's great that voice actors uh, or, or actors or whoever does that kind of stuff. Um, that's I, I, that's what makes a good game for me. Like the Metal Gear series, I feel like I'm sitting next to Solid Snake, and I want I'm invested. You know, you want to be invested, and that's that immersion is is really good. But when it comes to people who can't behave themselves, because there were, there was a um, a YouTuber journalist that uh, Frodo actually sent me, and I was watching some of her stuff because she had a lot of information or a lot to say on it. Uh, and um, she shared a couple of examples where one person, um, you know, was a, a fan of the game, I suppose, but was so angry that she he like sent death threats to um, the voice actress, and then later on apologized for it and just said that like he was really emotionally affected and had like PTSD or something like that. And, and it gets into an interesting topic of just like PTSD and, and people who um, were triggered by the game stronger than they thought. Uh, because I don't want to just outright bash a person without knowing all the details, but at the same time, I think if a behavior is unforgivable, it's unforgivable despite the intention. Um, like, in death threats is one of those things for me that crosses a line, you know? And we said it before in conversation, but it, it's surprising to me with a lot of the cancel culture stuff that's happening in the FGC um, and how people like that who are actually threatening somebody, like, you, you're not just being, you know, talked crap about, you know, whatever, trying to accuse them of something, which is, again, kind of morally uh, gray as well, but um, actually threatening somebody or wishing ill on somebody is, is a whole nother step, you know, and, and not somebody that like was uh, was doing something illegal, just someone who was doing their job, you know, that's, that's just kind of insane to me. And uh, those people were getting good. Deserve it in any way, shape or form. Like, no, nothing. Yeah, exactly. Like they're not doing anything terrible. They're just doing their job. But like these people uh, can't like they can't live in the real world. They, maybe they do have PTSD. Maybe they do have some sort of issue where they got triggered. Um, but it's a mature rated game. So anyone buying this game should be an adult. And if you have an issue as an adult, uh, you shouldn't be putting yourself in harm's way. You know, that means that if, if you're putting if you're actively putting yourself in harm's way, uh, I'm not saying that, like, you know the story, so it's like, it's not like you know what's going to, like, actively attack you, but, like, the first game was not tame. The first game covered a lot of issues, and the first game, um, the main character did some arguably horrible stuff, depending on the perspective. And, mm -hmm. uh, like, that could have triggered people as well. So it's like you have to take responsibility for your own actions is what I'm getting at. As an adult, someone that's, uh, I think, it's, yeah, it's definitely rated mature, so it's 17 and up, like, yeah. you're an adult. Don't don't buy those kinds of games. Um, and just to clarify, there are people that are praising the voice actress. It's not like everyone's just dumping yeah. on her, but there's like a large number of people that are just being ridiculous about this. Now, something to say too is this this character in the game is a very uh, you know controversial character in general, right? Yeah. And it's because of how um, Naughty Dog decided to set up the story, set up the characters, and all that. Mm -hmm. Now, something to also keep in mind too for everybody. When people create multiple different storylines or for characters to have their own plots, it doesn't mean you have to like it. It doesn't mean you have to enjoy it, right? The whole point is that it's a storytelling story experience. It doesn't have to make you feel good. It's just telling you 
what's going on in their head, what's going on Mm -hmm. in this story, in this plot. So arguing that, you know, it's bad because you don't like the character. The character doesn't have to be a good character. It doesn't have to be a feel good character. You can have an absolute Mm -hmm. like asshole of a character who does the worst of the worst stuff, but it makes it more interesting because you get to see their perspective. You get to see what's going on. Mm -hmm. And that's an interesting storytelling experience. You don't have to have every character be the protagonist, you know? Yeah. Or like (laughs) a a perfect hero, someone who doesn't have, I think it's a Mary Sue. Is that the the saying where it's like a perfect hero that has like no issues whatsoever? Um, Or or like just accomplishes every task whatsoever. But I, I think the, the, the hero, if you want to call it a hero, or the, or the protagonist who is imperfect is always very interesting if done in a, in a good way. But yeah, it's just, there's kind of two different situations, right? There's one with a involving one character. Uh, well, they both involve the same character. Yes, they're both mm. uh, involved in a very similar way. Yeah, w- but, but yeah. one, uh, the point is is valid of, like, it's, it's this person writing the game. And the point that I'm trying to get across is that, like, if I write a story, I'm writing it from my perspective. I might not be writing all the characters. Um, if I have a character, whether it be a white character, black character, female, male, straight, uh, gay, somewhere in the middle, I'm writing it from my perspective. Maybe I do some research. Maybe I don't. Um, I try to just do it from the best of my ab- ability. Either way, it's my interpretation. It's my story. I don't think anybody else, unless they're involved in the creation process, has has a right to dictate how a character should or should not be portrayed or how they should look. Maybe they don't portray that character well. You know, a lot of times in scary movies, the black guy always dies first, that trope, or like, you know, just just different types of tropes that you may not like, but that's the thing. You don't like it. You don't have to have an influence on it. So I think there's a group of people that feel a certain kind of way about um, the portrayal of a character. And uh, because it was a man doing a portrayal of a a female character, um, I think a, a homosexual character, they mm-hmm. were uh, not so nice to the game developer, not not to the voice actress, but to the game developer, and he was getting threats. And you can get into the argument of whether that guy is a good person or not, but I don't think that's relevant to, again, sending death threats or feeling like they have to portray a character in the perfect exact way because he's not a girl. He, I don't know what his sexual orientation is, but it doesn't matter. He's the person that oversaw the creation of it and wrote the story. You may not like it and you definitely don't have to. Uh, but I just feel like a lot of people are entitled to how a a game is supposed to be made or how a character is portrayed or how a story is supposed to unfold. And it's like, I may not like it. Like I, I strongly disliked ready player one, the movie. I love the book, but I'm not going to threaten or insult anybody because it, it wasn't for me. I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing is that like, I want to get that across is that if you don't like something, you don't have to don't confuse your opinion for facts and feel like you're mm-hmm. obligated to tell someone else how to make their game or their movie or whatever that may be. Uh, <laughs> now that I've gotten out of my system a little bit yeah. is, is the FGC And uh, for a little bit of context, um, if you're not super familiar, if you haven't been keeping up with social media, like, you know, like I've been avoiding like the plague, uh, there's, I want to combine it into into one, because there's Smash stuff, which a lot of people separate Smash because it's so huge and on its own, and then there's also FGC stuff. And there's been a lot of people that have been outed for doing some very, very bad, pretty unforgivable stuff. And this leads up to the CEO of Evo, 
And so he's he's done. He's kicked out of Evo. He's not the CEO anymore. And you, one of the Cannon brothers, I think it was Tom Cannon, is now the CEO. It could be wrong. It could be the other one. But uh, either way, he's out. So a lot of people are speculating if Evo is even done. Uh, even though if Evo was done, I don't know why they would, have, would appoint a new CEO. So that alone doesn't quite make sense to me. Uh, but I'd even bet still, rebrand. The, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Uh, but the topic overall is just the FGC being dead, whether it is or it isn't. Um, I strongly believe it's not, or it doesn't have to be. Uh, but yeah, Max, your your initial thoughts on this whole situation, this topic? Um, yeah, so I think everyone did the correct thing. I think, honestly, I'm really happy that the community stuck to their guns the way that they did because mm-hmm. it makes me proud to know that you know we're we're people that don't stand up for bullshit and crazy stuff like that for people doing literally like illegal acts yeah and um i think what's important is to remember that the majors aren't what we're looking for when it comes to the community as much as you know we all love doing going to the majors how crazy they are what matters mm-hmm. is like your home, you know, where your locals are at, where your people are at. Um, yeah, I guess <laughs> it's not that much crazy stuff because like, it's hard not to say what's already been said. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people have covered this topic. And let me ask you this, um, because I think yeah. if we can hit some of these other points within it, uh, I think understanding why people even believe the FGC is dead is important. So like, from your perspective, mm-hmm. uh, why do you think people actually are saying that why do they believe the fgc is dead so i think part of it has to do right because of all of this stuff that's going on um you can take a look at it from a very very wide perspective the outsiders what people are looking in you know when you see all of this all of these allegations all of this stuff pop up for a community then there goes sponsors there goes uh company support there mm-hmm. goes people that were possibly initially wanting to join the community now possibly don't because of all of this crazy stuff that's going on. Um, and because of that, people are probably upset and now they want to leave. I guess that is like my possible, that's probably what's going on in Mm -hmm. like a lot of people's heads for that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that's really just like, the bulk of it. And I know some companies have made statements already, uh, Nintendo being one of them. And um, it was a pretty like on paper. They didn't really say much. They said something, but they didn't say anything, you know? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> if that makes any sense whatsoever, they, yeah. they knew what the issue was. They saw the issues, but they're not, they did the most like generic kind of response where it's like you know we're here for the people we're here for the good it's like okay yeah i I guess that's like what's important right and (laughs) i feel like uh so for also full context evo was canceled this year but it was already going to be an online tournament it was on its last legs because of covid19 and the quarantine Uh, but also other people like capcom and i believe bandai namco pulled out uh from Uh, from evo anyway even nether realms too they did okay, yeah. So a few people were pulling out, but from that was when, because there were people being outed for doing bad things or getting canceled, getting banned from tournaments up to this point, uh, and but it seemed like when Evo got canceled and and um, Mr. Wizard got uh, removed as CEO, that's when people started saying the FGC is dead. Start like those memes started popping up, and I, I feel like a lot of people are putting Evo on a pedestal 
because of what it represents for the FGC. But uh, to your point, you mentioned this before, you know, the majors aren't what necessarily make up the FGC. It's it's us. It's the people who love fighting games. As long as there's going to be people loving fighting games, there's going to be people who would rather play it in person than play it offline. So I, their logic behind the FGC being dead, I don't know what they mean. Like, do they mean that there's never going to be another major? Do they mean that no human being ever is going to play fighting games with another human being ever again? Like, where where is where is that uh, that gap at? Because I think that that phrase is really stupid to me. And I know <laughs> that I, I've hated when people said this about other games because it's it doesn't make sense. And I feel like people who say that get some sort of enjoyment out of being the people that declare that. Because like, wh- why are you saying that? Like, what logical hoops have you jumped through in order to get to that point? They want to be right. Yeah. They just want to be right. And, but I also think <laughs> a lot of people it. are very, like a lot of gamers are very pessimistic and sometimes are low-key depressed. And I'm not trying to like diagnose anybody, but a lot of misery loves company. And so when, when a community is like destroyed, it's, it's nice to be the person be like, I called it, you know, like you said, you want to be right. Like, ah, I called it. I was right. I knew, uh, I knew it was dead. Of course it was dead this whole time. <laughs> I knew smash sucked this whole time. Like, yeah. okay, cool. Good for you. You're right. But like, uh, for what? Like now you have the, like, you feel good because you were right. Like good for you, I guess. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't get it. Why would you want to think ill? Why would you want to think that? Yeah. For what reason? <laughs> and uh, people don't know the term of, of power vacuums, I suppose, because right now, um, essentially the, the short version is say there's somebody in a place of power. You know, there's, you know, like America is a superpower. If America stopped being a superpower, that doesn't mean that there's no longer like the strongest country that, you know, military wise, that means that somebody else will take its place and that person will become the, the main person. Just like fighting games, there's a best player. If he disappears, then someone else takes his place or something like that. You know, Daigo was considered the best. So he's no longer considered the best, but he's still a great. Uh, same thing with Evo. If Evo isn't as great as it used to be, and there's a great chance that it's not because of just COVID itself, because of the quarantine. But that gives the opportunity for other tournament organizers to take the place of Evo. Uh, I think a good candidate personally is Combo Breaker. Combo Breaker, in my mm-hmm. opinion, is my favorite tournament of all time, and it actually gets as much attention as Evo, uh, maybe slightly less. But the person who works on Evo also worked, uh, is the person who runs uh, Combo Breaker. So he has the experience, he has the pedigree, he knows the people already. Uh, so there's going to be tons of other tournament organizers that stay that take the place of Evo, which is not a bad thing. Yeah, I was seeing uh, when Evo was canceled, I heard a lot of other content creators also talk about this and some Twitter threads. Combo mm-hmm. Breaker was a top one. People just be like, man, get me back to Combo Breaker. A yeah. lot of people say Combo Breaker is the people's tournament. It is. And um, it's cool. Did you see there was something that was released about the Evo's seeders, uh, like the people that were hired in to do seeding and stuff like that? Mm-mm. There was somebody that made a post on the Smash Bros subreddit, made a twit longer, and um, essentially these people that were hired in to do Smash Bros seeding were given very, very awful materials to work with. And sometimes they only let people let them, even though it was like 2,500 plus entrants, they only would let them like see like the top 64 players or something like that. And yeah, so that stuff was just kind of weird and crazy. Um, definitely take a read at that because it definitely now shows even more of the cracks that were in Evo. And for anybody who is an aspiring tournament organizer, like pay attention to what's going on here. Pay attention to what the people want. People want good seating. They want good events. They want a good venue. You know, they want stuff 
that's actually you know there for the people that are making tournaments here and i think this is a good thing that's happening because with evo being canceled because evo really was it was the like i'm the big tournament but not really it's the olympics you know, of fighting games it, yeah and like everybody looks at it as that and it's there for all of the companies to do all of their crazy stuff cool trailers whatever um but now that people are cracking it and being like this isn't what we want I'm sure more tournaments nor majors are going to pop up now that are actually going to be what the fighting game community deserves, what yeah. we actually should be getting. Not some whack-ass rule sets, not some, you know, shitty seating. We'll get like actual good events with yeah. good content all the way through. And probably stronger ground rules and less tolerance for illegal activity yeah <laughs> oh, is, that a, is that a bad thing you know yeah <laughs> like, that's such a bad thing like going to an event and not harassing somebody that's you know having what? having kids having a you know and a guardian with them is that too much to ask for yeah and, and I, that's a good a good point is that i think that there's going to be a higher standard of how we conduct ourselves and it seems like that's kind of upsetting to a lot of people in itself it's like <laughs> oh I, on one side i understand swinging too far to the uh, to, to, to one side of the argument of being, you know, a super PC culture. But I think there's a dialogue that has to be had there. There's a middle ground that we can have where people feel safe um, and other people don't have to act like assholes to have a good time. Uh, because mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of people who uh, want their culture respected, but also don't seem to be willing to respect other people's cultures or, or personal space uh, in the process. And so there's a conversation that has to be had. There's a middle ground where some people may have to toughen their skin because, you know, smack talk is kind of a thing. And I think there's a time and a place for that, but there's also sometimes where it goes overboard. And uh, that's an individual, like person by person basis. But situations like this, because everyone's at home and everyone's able to look up everyone's dirty laundry, uh, this yeah. is kind of coming <laughs> to light. And these these developers are talking about this because uh, I was in a I was in a, um, a Discord call, like a conference call with Ultra David and and a few other people a couple of weeks ago, and they were talking about this kind of stuff, trying to get on top of it. So this is definitely uh, happening. They're trying to work on these things and, and figure out how do we conduct ourselves, how do we write a document, and and yeah. have some sort of group of people that you know rather than just banning somebody like what what kind of group of like a board can we have to talk about this kind of stuff so it's it's a good thing in my opinion overall because maybe it got burnt down to the ground a little bit COVID-19 sort of washed to that like yeah. 2020 like just there's no tournaments whatsoever uh on top because I think that if this happened when quarantine wasn't happening somehow it might not have gotten addressed as fast because stuff would still be happening people would be more distracted I think something that would be interesting is definitely having like, you know, almost like a Senate. <laughs> That's what for, they're working on. Yeah. yeah. And I know that there is a code of conduct that Smash players are making or Smash TOs are making or even FGC TOs, I think, because I mean, they kind of follow mm -hmm. the same. The same Smash thing, right? already had something like that, at least um, yeah. maybe in the Michigan area. I'm not sure if it was like countrywide, but I don't think the fighting game ever had anything public like that. Yeah. And I think something definitely where it's something very community oriented, where the people that are actually making the decisions are the people chosen by the community. People know that these people are the people that we can trust, that we know can make good decisions. Now, that can be a thing that can be messed up because obviously recently a lot of people that we thought we can trust, a lot of people that we thought that were very good people, close people, were not. <laughs> right. But at the same time, that's where the community comes in. And that's where, you know, if these people aren't living up to their standards, if they're not, 
people that are actually who they are, then that's where the community needs to boot them out immediately. And we have been good for them. Good for the community, honestly, because these people need to not see any events ever again. In fact, some of them should probably be dealing with jail time. But regardless, having a Senate or something along the lines of a for majors specifically would be a good idea because then all majors could at least follow the same rule set but at least keep, you know, their own identity, you know, because mm. like, obviously, like it's more than line, like not just game rule sets, but just literally how people should be. Uh, I don't even know how you'd say it, how people should be representing themselves at, yes. at these events. Yep. And if these people are being disrespectful, if they're being you know, just awful people to everyone around them, yeah. then there should be something done and there should be a rule set knowing like a global rule set that we should know, hey man, if this is going on, we're going to kick you out, you know? Yeah, it becomes um, an expectation rather than being blindsided. It's like, look, you do this at this tournament, more than likely you're going to get banned from all the tournaments because we're all connected in this thing and like right. we don't want you going to this tournament doing it when you did it here and then like that's how these rumors start because no one says anything about it and then like certain tournaments ban them other tournaments don't ban them like yeah. it, it, it now, starts to steamroll there is a little bit of controversy right now with the smash community because what i'm aware of is that the one in the smash community they do have like a thing they're kind of like an anonymous weirdly weird yeah that's group. what i was getting at mm-hmm. yeah and the problem is is they recommend no, nobody can they don't force anybody to follow their rules but on the wall. Know, that has the pros and cons but they highly you know recommend like this is what people should be doing and recently there is a player that got unbanned uh for or that's been like banned banned i think uh indefinitely banned mm-hmm. and uh a locals recently said that they were going to let them back competing because really there's nothing that they can do about the code of conduct stopping them right now that is a completely different discussion entirely of whether or not that person should be allowed to, mm-hmm. but that's something where this is the issue that is at hand because with a situation like that, with information not being public to everybody, because I know sometimes you want to keep the privacy with, you know, a lot of the victims, but sometimes yeah. like this happens and now there's this weird discourse where it's like, you probably shouldn't, keep this person in the community, but there's nothing that we can do to stop you from keeping them in the community. Right. And this is, this is a local, um, but, and yeah. at, the, at that, at that point becomes the responsibility of the local to make that call. Uh, and it's, I, while I may, I don't know the whole situation about this person, but I, I think that's okay where it's at the discretion of a local, because that means that that, that specific party has to deal with the, the, um, they already know the information. They already know he's banned. They're still deciding to not let them ban, get you know, get banned in their local. So now they have to weigh the potential of like, how does this damage their local? Like, if, if they start going there, are people going to start getting upset and stop going? They're going to choose their own fate essentially, rather than it affecting every other local. It's like, hey, we still have them banned over here. You want to do your thing? We respect that. You made your own call, and now you have you made your bed. You got to sleep in it. You know, that's that's yeah. kind of how it is, and that that's true. It, it's the pros and cons. Exactly. A cons of having, you know, an actual Senate is that sometimes things can be too restrictive and sometimes people think differently and have different perspectives on how things should be. So it it really is the pros of cons and how we should have something set up. 
another good topic, another point, I believe, is the fact that, you know, the FGC has been around for a long time. And it's been around since before, you know, Twitch and, and, and all this other stuff. Uh, you know, recording on, on cameras and VHS, you know, recording the matches on VHS, stuff like that. Uh, and, and they still found ways to organize. They still found ways to, to do tournaments, right? Uh, but this was, you know, Third Strike, all that kind of stuff back in the day, before then, Super Turbo. We have all this technology now to connect way easier than ever. So I find it very hard to believe that the FGC is ever going to die as long as fighting games are being made because we have Discord alone. I've, I've talked about it a lot. It is a great tool for playing fighting games, being a part of a community, teaching fighting games or learning fighting games uh, in, so many, in a variety of different ways, whether it be screen sharing or a, a channel specific to a character because it gets that minute um, mm -hmm. or to a whole game or just to a certain FGC. There's so many ways to connect with one another, let alone Twitter and Facebook. And I have gripes about those, but they still allow people to talk and communicate and grow and organize. Uh, so there's I, I find way too many points for the FGC continuing to exist uh, and people who say that the FGC is dead. I don't want to insult them, but I just I strongly disagree with them. And I would love you to bring up some evidence that that says that you are in the right because <laughs> I welcome the challenge in, in that sense, because this is something I feel very strongly about. Uh, I don't know if you if this is something as well for you, you can probably hear it in my my yeah. uh, speech right now I mean, it's our lifestyle really it's our mm -hmm. huge hobbies it's something that we care about to our fullest extent mm -hmm. you know and for someone to say that like you know fgc's dead this is done for we're, we all sit here and we're like yeah how can you say that so where lightly is this, where is that coming from like right. where are you getting that from where is your evidence <laughs> and mm. like if you consider yourself a member of the fgc why are you wasting your time saying that like, what's the yes. logic behind that? Yeah, if you don't want to come, fine. Don't. <laughs> like, yeah. don't. Yeah, you you don't have to. <laughs> in, in some ways, it's like, I think some people are demoralized because high-tier people are being outed as terrible people. And so now they're disappointed in, like, associating that with the whole entire community. But that's, like, that's stereotyping or prejudice because you're now assuming that a whole group of people is like that or or I, I, i'm trying to figure out the mental gymnastics they're jumping through because <laughs> i i will say i'm burnt out and I, I feel emotionally like disappointed you know knuckle do quitting was kind of sad that has nothing to do with any of this but I, that was kind of sad but just like people being let go the only thing that's disappointing to me is like i all the people doing the illegal terrible stuff that i don't want to talk about like I don't really have any pity for them and they can kind of, you know, sleep in the bed that they made. Uh, but for the, the more situational, like people are just upset and, and triggered by things that people are doing um, and like just kind of shunning those people. I have some gripes with that kind of stuff and that's been burning mm -hmm. me out. Uh, but that is not a reflection of everyone within the FGC. It's just how everyone's reacting to it. Like everyone seems to be reacting and debating about it. And that's, um, it's a very emotional situation and, and just like politics or, or even sports, people just get very illogical when they get emotional. Um, and mm -hmm. when they have a certain side that is being, feel like being attacked, they're going to get emotional and they're going to say things and it's not going to really be pro productive to the whole conversation. Uh, so that's, that's where my burnout comes at, but I still love fighting mm -hmm. games. I still love many of the people in my community and other communities. So I, right. uh, I would never say that the FGC is dead. Um, now if you want to be somebody who, you know, is like, well, what can I do for the community? What can I do to help out and keep mm -hmm. this community alive? Or if you want to start one, right. Uh, just, you know, support your locals, support everything that goes on, get a group of people. And if you're starting something, 
almost always there's going to be a community following. It might be a small one, might be a large one. It's still community regardless, right? Um, just for an example, right? Um, my friends and I, we found out that there is a competitive uh, Naruto fighting game uh, that was released back on the Wii way back. Uh, and it was only released in Japan, uh, Ninja Tyson 3 or Ninja Tyson 4. Uh, we found that there was a very, very close knit community of these people that played this game competitively. And we found all of this cool stuff. And because of that community, that made us join that community a little bit, see what cool stuff that they're doing, and then play that stuff, be interested in it. You know, Mm -hmm. that stuff, you might not think because it's small, it doesn't matter, but it does. You can have some random outside person who is going to be silent in the night, probably not going to, you know, tell you like, hey, thanks for this. But there's going to be people out there that's going to enjoy what you guys are doing and enjoy the fact that somebody created that and somebody is there to, I guess, like make you feel like that actually matters. You know, the Mm -hmm. thing that you care about, people also care about. Yeah. You know, that's a great feeling. Mm -hmm. It really is. So yeah, support your locals. Absolutely. There, and there's so many ways. And also we are still kind of in a quarantine. So I get if you don't want to do a local, but if you, uh, online tournaments are also a thing or online locals, online casuals, you know, lobbies or something like that. There's ways to, uh, help your community grow, help people learn fighting games, whatever your intention may be. It may just be like, find the best players, or it may just be have fun playing fighting games. Find out why you like fighting games. And if you don't have that group of people, Join one or create one. Uh, there's so many tools out there to help communities grow. So there's no there's no point in tearing down the FGC or, or hoping that it fails or declaring that it fails because it's that's not a reality. The FGC is still a thing. There are still people doing locals. We're still doing locals. Uh, you know, we're doing online locals. We just launched our our uh, Mighty Modem Mondays, <laughs> uh, and so we we have online and offline locals now. So there's options for people who may not want to go out into the real world just yet and be around a bunch of other people. That's that's fair. That's understandable. Uh, but even during all of this pandemic, we can still, as a community, grow and come together. And that's that's the main thing that I think you're getting across. And that at the end of this day, at the end of this episode, I want to get across too is that. The FGC doesn't have to be dead if you don't want it to be dead. And if enough people don't want it to be dead or want it to grow, it's going to grow because nothing mm-hmm. can really stop us short of a <laughs> catastrophic apocalypse, which hopefully does not happen. Uh, but it's <laughs> 2020 is not done yet. Who knows? But other than that, it's not going anywhere. So I, I think that's a good point to end it at. Um, I absolutely believe that we're going to bounce back from this, especially with help step up. You know, if you want, if you want to see this FGC grow, step up and do your part. But that said, uh, you have any closing remarks or you can also let them know where they can find you. Um, yeah, I've been streaming a little bit more recently. Twitch.tv slash MegaMaxStar. Also support our um, new Mighty Moto Mondays. Um, mostly going to be streamed on Twitch.tv slash SirTheThird. Um, yeah, we're going to be doing a lot of stuff there. So a lot more of our content is there. Also, uh, we might have some content regarding that YouTube-wise in the future. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, some mm-hmm. some nice hints. Uh, so it's going to be something really, really fun. Pay attention to 
both of those and youtube.com slash mega max star we'll um we might have something interesting coming up pretty soon here there you go and you can find all of my social medias in the show notes down below as well as mega max stars and the mighty mode of monday stuff with sir the third that's going to be on there as well so stay tuned for that thank you guys so much as always let me know what you're thinking uh, i think this is a very important topic so you know whether you dm me whether you comment in the youtube or the uh, non-youtube version let us know other than that thank you guys so much and i will see you all in the next one